Before we start the episode, just want to say thank you very much to everybody that took part in the Help the Homeless Coronavirus Popular Front raffle. We raised over £4,700. All of that has been sent off to three different charities, Big Issue Foundation, Crisis and Shelter. So thank you very much. The winner of the raffle will be announced on all our platforms by the end of this month, probably next week. But yeah, cheers. This is Popular Front, a podcast focused on the niche details of modern warfare and underreported conflict with me, Jake Hanrahan. Today we're speaking to Giancarlo Fiorella again, friend of Popular Front. He's been on a few times. He's very knowledgeable when it comes to Venezuela. And he's going to be speaking about this absolutely batshit insane situation that has happened over the last couple of days where a US mercenary firm has tried to lead an incursion into Venezuela with the aim of overthrowing the Maduro regime, but actually they have completely fucked it up. It's been an absolute disaster and everybody's been caught, including two former Green Berets who are now in the hands of the Venezuelan authorities. If you like Popular Front, please consider subscribing at patreon.com slash popular front. There's been this mental situation in Venezuela from what I can gather from the little bit of reading I've done on it over the last like 12 hours there's been like a US mercenary raid on Venezuela meaning with you know with the aim of overthrowing Maduro everyone's got captured it's all gone wrong like I I guess start at the beginning if you can what the fuck is going on yeah so um, I've spent a lot of time over the last couple days trying to think about how to build like a narrative around this that makes sense as a story and so i think just as i had stuff like i think we're going to get to the end of this and it's not going to make any sense but that's not that's not uh, all my fault it's just such an absurd and crazy story that's that's unfolded over the last couple of days so i think maybe the the best place to start is um it's last year actually so you you remember that last year there was an attempt a very highly publicized attempt by the opposition to bring humanitarian aid into the country with these trucks that they were going to drive in through Colombia. And you remember that the government said that they didn't want the trucks to come in and there was these clashes at the border and it was a huge fiasco. One of the trucks burned and it was just total chaos. Yeah, um, Guaido was at the border and, and stuff like that, right? Yeah, it was a, it was one of the biggest stories in Venezuela last year. It was just a complete, again, a complete fiasco. The aid didn't make it in. There was clashes at the border. It was, it was just chaos. So following that, uh, in early March, uh, Bloomberg published a story saying that as part of that day's events, uh, there was a group of people in Colombia that were led by this guy named uh, Cleaver Alcala, who is a former major general in the Venezuelan army. And he was a lifelong Chavez supporter. In fact, he fought alongside Chavez in 1992 when, when Chavez was trying to overthrow the government. And he um, it was living in Colombia, is what this Bloomberg article said. And he had with him 200 soldiers, Venezuelan soldiers who were also in Colombia. And the plan was that they were going to fight their way into Venezuela and like punch holes on the border so that the aid could come in. So the article ends with, obviously this didn't go through because the Colombian government heard about the plan and talked to this Alcala guy and said, no, you're not, you, you know, we're not launching an invasion of Venezuela with your 200 friends from Colombia. So that article was really interesting to read at the time. And it, it, it seemed like it was going to be left in like the, the history books of all the crazy news that have come out of Venezuela. So um, back in March of this year, uh, this is March 24th. The Colombian government said that they had captured a cache of weapons on a truck in northern Colombia. There was like 26 rifles on board this truck, and they had sights and other sort of equipment. And the government said that these weapons were from a criminal organization that was operating in, a, in an area nearby. The Venezuelan government immediately jumped on that story and said the government of Colombia is lying. Those weapons were destined for Venezuela because there is an assault team or assault teams is the term that the Venezuelan government used and 
these teams are coming into the country. The plan is for them to enter Venezuela and to assassinate Maduro and a bunch of other government officials. So that came from the Venezuelan Minister of Communications. So when that allegation came out, a lot of people, including myself, were, I think, understandably and correctly very skeptical because for years now, even predating Maduro, the Venezuelan government has always blamed Colombia for everything that goes wrong in the country, right? So at the time, it seemed like just another one in a long line of lies from the Venezuelan government blaming Colombia for something, like a plot against the government, right? There was really no indication that those weapons were anything other than what the Colombian government said, which is, you know, they belonged to some criminal group that was operating in the area. A couple days later, um, actually, it's like literally two days later, on March 26th, the U.S. Uh, Department of State announced that a bunch of high-ranking government officials, including Maduro himself, had been indicted for drug trafficking. So that was huge news, right? They put a $25 million bounty on Maduro's head um, and like a $10 million bounty on a bunch of other people. And they said, you know, Maduro is the head of his drug cartel. And so are all these other government officials, right? One of the people that they named in that indictment was Cleaver Alcala, this guy who's supposed to be leading like an anti-government rebel army from Colombia. A couple of hours after these indictments are announced, Cleaver Alcala releases a bunch of videos on Twitter, and he's really visibly like upset, right? Um, and he's saying, look, I just want to sort of go, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but he's saying, I, I just, I'm just going to go on record here on these videos. It's four videos that he released. I just want to say that I'm, I am I have been here in Colombia trying to um, uh, fight the government. I'm trying to liberate Venezuela. And Alcala says those weapons that they captured a couple of days ago, those were our weapons and they were destined for an operation inside Venezuela to liberate the country. And um, moreover, he says, I have a contract that is signed by Guaido and my North American handlers. He uses that term, North American handlers. There's a contract for weapons and it's for a unit that's going to liberate Venezuela. And at the time, you know, these videos come out and it's just like the... It's in, I mean, people's minds sort of like exploded. Like, what is this guy talking about, right? He hears an, you know, now he's an accused drug trafficker. I should say that he had been he had been implicated in drug trafficking before. Uh, he left the government in 2013, so he had a falling out with Maduro starting in 2013, and since 2018 he'd been living in Colombia, right? But these indictments came as a surprise to a lot of people, and these videos from Alcala were really suspect, right? Uh, especially the part about the co the contract, right? So he kept saying, like, there's a contract, Guaido signed it, it's to liberate Venezuela. It just seems so far-fetched. Like, who would sign a contract f for, like, a mercenary army to, like, come topple the government? It just didn't make any sense at the time, right? So um, at, at the next day, uh, Alcala hands himself over to the DEA in Colombia, right? So in the video, Alcala is saying, like, look, I'm not running away from anybody. Like, he's basically saying, like, I thought we were on the same side. Like, why am I getting indicted? I was supposed to be helping you guys, you know, overthrow the government of Venezuela. He turns himself to the DEA, um, and he's he's in the United States now awaiting trial. That's on March 26, if I don't if I remember correctly. Yeah. Okay, so then um, people's heads, you know, people's heads, as I said, were sort of exploding and people are scratching their heads thinking like, what is going on? Who, what's this guy talking about? He goes away to the U.S. and then COVID-19 really takes off and, and that dominates a news cycle um, uh, for the weeks to come. Um, then on May 1st, there's this incredible piece by Joshua Goodman in the Associated Press that is published. And in that piece... Uh, Goodman says, yeah, this Cleaver Alcala guy was training uh, uh, like a, uh, a, a mercenary army basically in Colombia. He had these camps set up. And one of the big revelations in the article is that he was getting help with from this guy, this former U.S. Special Forces dude named uh, Jordan uh, Goudreau, who is the head of a company called Silver Corps. That's like one of these like shady private security companies. And he signed a contract with the opposition to like help liberate Venezuela with this with this mercenary army that they were training in Colombia that was supposed to launch operations against Venezuela into uh, into Colombia. So that's on Friday, May 1st. 
And um, the article comes out, and it's a really good read. I recommend everybody check it out because it's just it's bizarre. Yeah, it. yeah. Now I should say that the article, if you read the, the whole article, you you don't walk away from the article thinking that this had any chance of working. That this plan that Goudreau and 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 Alcala and the opposition had had any chance of working. In fact, the, the opposite is true. I think the impression, the very clear impression that you get is that this had no chance of working. At all. It was like poorly thought out. Uh, like this army, you know, quote unquote army was like they could barely sort of feed themselves, never mind like launch covert operations in Venezuela to topple a government, right? Yeah. And, and also, like, one, one of the things that I got from it was, well, you're manufacturing a revolt there. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not exactly like if yeah. there's going to be a revolution, it has to come from the people, not from some fucking American mercenaries. You know what I mean? It just seemed doomed yeah. to fail. Exactly, and and, and it, you know it's it, it's like that meme that goes around like you know it's like step one go to Colombia and like sell yourself as a mercenary. Step two question mark question mark question mark. Step three, you know like victory parade because you liberated right? like it just didn't it didn't make any sense at all, right? And and you know I think under the best light you read that article and you think oh like this Goudreau guy maybe he's like an idealist who's you know like very entrepreneurial and he saw an opportunity to make money and like doing something that he believed in but i think if you read it in the worst light he's a you read it as like goudreau's a trumpist uh grifter who saw a way to like make hundreds of millions of dollars potentially uh like selling snake oil basically like like promising everybody the moon and the and the, and the stars uh you know yeah i'm gonna topple maduro give me x amount of money right so you know which way you fall on that from the article, you know, is is up to the reader, I think. But but certainly, I think it's clear that nobody who had any connection to this, except for Alcala and Goudreau, believed that this could actually work. In fact, the opposite. There's people on record saying this was doomed to fail from the start. So the article comes out. That's Friday. That's uh, May first on Friday. And again, it seems like one of those articles that's going to be like another one in a long history of articles that describes something like super crazy that's happened in Venezuela, but that ultimately fizzled out. And we never, we never hear from these people again. And then on Sunday morning, so this is now two days later, um, early Sunday morning, there's a, there's a couple of videos that show up on Twitter of some sort of police operation slash shootout out at sea, uh, just uh, off, off the shore of a, of a small city called Makuto, which is just north of Caracas. And uh, there's a video in particular where, you know, there's a guy recording out at sea and you see like a police boat or something on the water. There's a helicopter flying and you're like shooting, right? And the guy recording says like, well, like I wonder what's going on. There's like some kind of shooting going on at sea. So there's indication early Sunday morning that something's up. At about 7.30 in the morning, the minister of the interior goes on television and he says, we have just foiled uh, a maritime invasion, he says, of Venezuela by terrorist mercenaries who came from Colombia on a mission to assassinate the president and to start a rebellion and to overthrow the government. Uh, so basically like everything that was described in the AP piece from two days earlier, right? So this is Sunday morning, this news comes out, the government says this, and uh, there's a lot of speculation. Again, I think people understandably take this news with a really healthy dose of skepticism given the Venezuelan government's track record of lying a lot, um, especially about plots and especially about Colombia. Like this is something that we've heard before tons of times and, and it's never been true. But in this case, it's starting to look a little bit more true, right? right? Yeah, so in this case, things are starting to line up, right? Like, okay, like there's now two different articles that mention like this Alcala guy and like this army from Colombia that's forming right so like it's starting to lean towards like like maybe there's something here right but um I, I think early Sunday morning you know if you thought I think you could have thought if you were conspiratorial you would you could have thought okay here's what happened the AP the AP piece comes out on Friday and it, it signals that there was this like coup attempt from Colombia with these guys who were going to infiltrate the country but it never materialized you know if you're the Venezuelan government you might capitalize on that you might make up an invasion, right? Yeah, I don't know, arrest some fishermen and like show some bodies of some criminals that you've killed and say like, oh, these were the special teams that were here like from the AP piece, right? So you there was you could have, I think, made that argument and maybe it would have been true, right? It could have been true that they were manufacturing this crisis, capitalizing on the publication of this article in order to like, you know, further consolidate power, to um, uh, justify a crackdown on the opposition, etc. But um, on... Um, Sunday afternoon, 
there's a video that comes out of Goudreau and this other guy uh, named Javier Quintero. And Goudreau says, you know, I'm Jordan Goudreau. And this morning there was a, an operation, uh, a, an amphibious raid launched against Venezuela. And uh, there is an operation ongoing to liberate the country. So confirmation from Kudrow himself that, yeah, this is us. This is we're doing this. Right. And so that's when everything sort of started to like all the puzzle pieces really started to connect um, because all the different sort of like factors in the story were, 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 were starting to link up following the release of that video. Goudreau gave an interview to a Venezuelan journalist named Patricia Poleo. A really bizarre interview where Goudreau says, like, I signed a contract with Juan Guaido, the leader of the opposition, to liberate the country. And uh, Patricia Poleo shared this contract, um, and it was for $212 million, uh, with $50 million paid for the first phase or the first stage, I think is the wording. It's, it's in English. If you look it up, um, well, actually, in this Bellingcut article that we're writing, we'll, we'll have a link to it. But if you look it up online, you'll see it. It's in English. Now, I should say that this contract is missing the first page and the last page. So it's not clear from the language what precisely the contract was for, right? Because I think, you know, like you would think that on the first page, it would make really clear, like, who are the parties exactly and what the contract is for. So the first page and the last page are missing. But the allegation from Goudreau is that this was the contract that I signed with the opposition to, like, help raise as mercenary force in Colombia and topple the government. He also released uh, an, a video of, a, of what sounds like, and you don't see the video because the camera is pointed up at the ceiling, what sounds like a Skype meeting between himself and Guaido, where they agreed to sign this contract, right? But again, the video doesn't really, you don't hear people discuss explicitly, oh yeah, we're signing the contract for me to create this mercenary army and you're gonna pay me to do it, et cetera, right? So it's all very, all, the language is very general. You don't hear exactly what it is that they're discussing, like what contract it is that they're signing. But the allegation, again, from Goudreau is that this is the, this is the video call where we signed the contract for me to do this mercenary work, essentially, for, for Venezuela. I've seen some people kind of saying online, like, well, Guaido would never do this. And, you know, I'm certainly definitely not a fan of Maduro by any stretch. But I also don't think it's particularly outrageous to think that Guaido would do this. Like, he very clearly wants power. He's very clearly trying to chum up with the U.S., He's not getting what he wants from them. I mean, do you see it as being that unrealistic that he did pay for this? Well, um, no. So I, I also don't think it's particularly unrealistic that he would do this. What I, I mean, what I find, I find a lot of stuff about this unrealistic. Like the fact that you would sign a, a contract for, like, do add your signature and your name and like stamp and date to to like a contract for a mercenary army to overthrow a government like that's one of the things you know like you you wouldn't sign something yeah, like that yeah that, that is true yeah thank you i'll have i'll have one coup please <laughs> exactly like why well, i don't know like that's the sort of thing that you would think people would discuss like in person like even talking about it but you know by phone you you know you, you see the stuff in movies and it's like no let's not talk about it over the phone like we have to be in person to talk about this right so but i don't know right like i mean people make mistakes all the time and this could be like a really dumb mistake no that's a good point actually Actually, I, I, you know, Guaido, he's a lot of things, but he's not stupid. So, yeah, that, I didn't think about that, actually. So so that's why I mentioned, like, we don't hear or read in the contract and these pictures of the contract exactly what it was for. So, you know, if you if I was Guaido's defense lawyer in court defending him for signing this, I would say, like, you know, we don't know what this contract was for. It's possible that it was for, like, some generic security services, right? Like, maybe yeah. maybe it was for, like, I don't know, we're going to hire Silver Court to provide security to me personally, right? Or we're going to hire them to provide security to, like, oil installations in Venezuela once the government is gone or, or whatever, right? I mean, you, you go a lot of different ways. I mean, it, it's important to say also that Guaido first, like, denied that there was a contract, and, and then they, they said that the... Um, uh, the operation was like a, a red herring operation that the the government was mounting, right? So they've been the, Guaido in particular and the opposition have been like super shifty about like is there a contract or isn't there? You know, first there is and then there was. So, but again, I, I think it, it's it seems like it would be a really bad idea to sign your name to something like that. But but I but I don't see it's clear as you say that Guaido wants help in removing the Maduro for power and and more importantly that he needs the help so it's also possible that he saw Goudreau as somebody who could help him do this right 
Uh, but again, we don't know what the exact terms of this contract were, um, which again, we only see these six pages. And Goudreau says in the interview uh, that he gave to Patricia Paleo that the, that the full art, the full contract was about 70 pages long. So this uh, document that we did see online is not the full contract. It's something like a shorter version, like a terms of agreement contract or, or whatever, right? Uh, but it, yeah, lots of questions there. So um, what's important about the contract as well is that it vindicates what Alcala said on March 26. Because again, remember the, the videos that Alcala released saying like, I have a contract you know, that we signed for the weapons, right? So now that that piece of the puzzle is also connecting. So this is the contract that Alcala was referencing when he made those videos on March 26. Um, and so um, if you haven't seen the interview with uh, Goudreau and Patricia Paleo, I really recommend it. It's really bizarre. I also wrote a live uh, thread, uh, sorry, like a tweet, uh, Twitter thread about it. It's really weird. At one point, uh, Patricia Paleo asks him why, okay, so you have these bases, you have these training camps in Colombia where you have these soldiers who are going to go into Venezuela. So why not just like walk across this border that is like 2000 kilometers long and largely unguarded? Why put them on boats and have them traverse hundreds of kilometers of open waters to launch like an amphibious assault on Caracas itself? And Goudreau's response to that question was, are you familiar with Alexander the Great? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) So Patricia Paleo's, uh, I think it was her daughter who was doing the translation because Goudreau doesn't speak Spanish and Patricia doesn't speak English. She kind of like cracks up, like you can see her face going like, what is this guy? Like what? Alexander the Great? As she's translating. So his argument was that like the soldiers who, like the people who participated in this raid, uh, were so brave and so um, like motivated that they decided like, no, we're going to go, like we're going to basically, if we could like parachute into Caracas, we would, but we can't. So we're going to go on these boats uh, and try to try an amphibious invasion, right? Or infiltration or whatever you want to call it. So, um, the interview, as I said, is online. It's super weird. Goudreau is uh, he, he says, look, I, I was never paid um, for any of this. Um, the opposition had five days to pay a retainer of one point five million dollars uh, from from the day that we signed the contract. And they never paid that. And they just like cut me off completely. Uh, so like immediately the opposition apparently broke the contract, according to to Goudreau. And um, when Patricia Paleo asked him, like, why? OK, so you never got paid. So why did why are you doing this? If you didn't get paid, why are you still like launching these operations? And Goudreau says, well, I'm a warrior. I, I, he says something like I'm a I'm a freedom fighter. I'm a warrior. Like, this is all I know. Uh, you know, he's sort of saying like he empathizes with the cause and he wants to do it for free. But know. he's also moaning that he didn't get paid. Shut the fuck up, man. What an idiot. Yeah. Man. Exactly. Idiot. Like he's still right. Like the idea was that he was going to get $212 million supposedly. Right. <laughs> uh, so now he's like, oh, I'm just doing it for free. So, um, okay. So then on Sunday, so, so uh, Sunday morning, this operation fails. Eight, the government, it turns out that eight people were killed. Two of them were captured and it looks like it's over. And in the interview, um, uh, which again came out later on Sunday night, Goudreau is hinting that like, no, there's more people, there's more waves coming. There's like the operations ongoing. We have more teams. We have, you know, cells are activating across the country. I'm getting text messages from people who, who, who have guns and they want to join. But so, but again, it's so surreal and so absurd at this point still on Sunday afternoon that it doesn't seem like he's really telling the truth. Like it's hard to believe that, that this is actually happening at this point. Uh, on Sunday night, he, he, the Silver Core USA um, Twitter account tweets a message saying that there's another incursion, um, a strike force heading to Venezuela, and that it's made up of uh, a, gr- a group of people, including two U.S. citizens, former Green Berets. That's in a tweet on Sunday night. Again, a really absurd, unrealistic claim. Like, I don't know if anybody believed that. I certainly didn't believe it. I thought this guy's insane. It's like he watched a couple of episodes of the of the new uh, Jack Ryan season on Amazon where they, like, go to Venezuela. That's literally the plot. <laughs> I mean, I've not watched it. It's fucking trash, but, like, I read about it. Yeah, but it almost felt like he didn't even, like, do his homework and watch it properly. And take. it's like he skimmed over a bunch of episodes and said, like, oh, yeah, I'll just do that, right? <laughs> Uh, so again, it, 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 yeah, it's a weird, it's such a, by Sunday night, there's this like this conflicting 
reports of this, you know, first it seemed, I mean, it seems so absurd. How can it be real life? Like, how is this really happening? Who's this Goudreau guy? You know, it's like the most poorly planned out and organized military, you know, mercenary operation in the history of the world, right? Uh, and so, you know, everybody goes to sleep on Sunday night with this supposed um, continuation of this operation. On Monday, we get reports that a second boat has been intercepted. Uh, off the coast of Venezuela, this time um, a little bit further east near a place called Chuao in Aragua State. And there's videos and there's pictures of people on this boat who uh, were all dressed in civilian clothing. Like a lot of a couple of them were shirtless. There's no weapons visible that I could see in any of the images. And there's pictures of these guys surrendering on this boat and they're getting captured by like a fisherman who has a gun. Uh, and eventually the police show up, and it turns out that on this boat were these two American citizens. Uh, their names are Aaron and Luke, uh, and they were part of another team of of ten people in total, who was who were the second wave in this in this um, operation, right? Uh, but again, it's so bizarre that you look at the images. These guys were, uh, as I said, some of them were like shirtless, wearing bathing suits, uh, not armed at all. And you just wonder, like, who are these guys and why are they getting on these boats and what was the plan? Like how, you know, I was thinking that maybe they they figured that they were going to get detained and they threw everything overboard. Um, but but I don't know. Um, what you see in the images, again, is like shirtless guys, some of them in bathing suits getting arrested, including these two U.S. citizens. Uh, Maduro goes on television uh, last night and he shows the passports of these two guys. Um, and he says, yeah, these are mercenaries who, who are part of this uh, group and they're coming here. So, you know, the, the claim that Maduro is making is that this is all being planned directly by Donald Trump, right? Uh, and that and he, he, he gives evidence of these two U.S. guys um, uh, being involved as, that, as evidence of that. And then there's also testimony from another person who was captured in that second boat. His name is Adolfo Baduel. He's the son of a really, really high profile um, political prisoner. He was um, Minister of Defense. Um, his name is Ra- Raul Baduel. He was Minister of Defense for many years, really high-ranking general who broke away with, with the government. Um, and his son had been living in exile, apparently, and he was now, he's also captured. He was captured yesterday. And there's a clip of him getting interrogated in the back of a police van, and he says, these two guys, these, there's two Americans with us, and they told us that they had provided security for Donald Trump, or that they had worked with the security people for Donald Trump, right? So there's a, a, a connection there to Trump, um, which when I heard that, I thought it was interesting because in the in the Associated Press piece from Joshua Goodman from May 1st, uh, he writes that, um, you know, uh, Goudreau would boast that he had worked with Trump and that he had provided security to him, right? So it makes it makes sense um, that that these two guys would, would also be boasting about that maybe to their Venezuelan counterparts on this mission, right? It's the, it's the sort of thing those kind of guys, like someone that's willing to get involved in kind of mercenary tactics, is the sort of thing I could see them definitely bragging about. Do you know what I mean? Whether it's true or not, even. Yeah, whether or not it's true isn't something else, right? But yeah, they would, for sure, right? Like young guys, you know, want to show off and they would say that, right? Um, yeah. So that's uh, the second boat. So then the other news was that later on in the day, the government said, we've arrested two other people. Uh, they were not on boats, as far as, as far as I'm aware. They were in, the, in Venezuela already, but they're part of this of this plot. And they released a bunch of pictures of equipment that they were captured with, allegedly, right? And these pictures include um, armor plates, which are similar to videos that we saw from from an account that is linked to this movement. Uh, there's videos of soldiers in what is probably Colombia wearing similar armor plates, and these guys were also captured allegedly with like a Kindle and some radios and, a, and an airsoft uh, rifle. And so those pictures are online as well. And it's just the weirdest, again, mismatch of like equipment and armor plates and radios and an airsoft rifle, right? And if they're part of this group of this plot or whatever you want to call it, like why are they walking around with the stuff or, or you know, what's the point of having an airsoft rifle for this, right? Again, more questions than answers with this with this latest uh, development. They had those weird masks as well, didn't they? Yeah, which somebody, a Braxis 
I think, was saying that they're like airsoft samurai mask, like they're popular in the airsoft. I haven't checked this myself. I think it's a Mortal Kombat thing, actually. Yeah, who, like it could be. Like if it was, it would be the least weird thing about this whole this whole thing. <laughs> and also, somebody in in a Twitter thread, my somebody said, oh, you can also actually like see the bag of pellets for the airsoft gun in the picture as well. I've never done airsoft, so I don't know what the. I just recognize the orange tip on this rifle, right? They, they got some weird ammunition, like weird magazines as well. I forget what they're called, but, you know, I don't know anything about guns, to be honest, but people are pointing it out to me and they're saying that they were like the the worst kind of magazines you would want for doing some kind of covert stuff. Yeah, like these super big, bulky, round uh, drum magazines, right? They're supposed to be like horribly unreliable and like, why, you know, can you imagine like carrying six of those on you when you're you're trying to like sneak into Caracas to assess? Yeah. Uh, Again, like more questions than answers, right? And so um, the... The latest on this is that this morning I saw an interview with Javier Quintero, who's again the guy who appeared with Goudreau in the video where they confirmed that this was an operation that was ongoing. So he gave an interview to a, another Venezuelan journalist last night, and and it sounds like Quintero is um, the like the, one of the central figures in this, alongside with Alcala. And that Goudreau just maybe showed up like at the right time and he had, you know, like a charming personality, I guess, and a good smile and and like a firm handshake. And he like talked his way into joining this really poorly planned and misguided operation. So in in this interview, Quintero says that um, the operation is ongoing, that, yes, they've had these two setbacks with the capture of these people and the killing of of some of these soldiers, but that there's more teams that are um, uh, in the country, some of them are in the country, some of them are outside of the country, and they're waiting for orders, is what he was su- suggesting in this interview. So I don't think that we've heard the last of this. Um, um, Goudreau and Quintero, I think both are, are in Florida and the United States. Um, I don't think that Trump has, has or anybody at the State Department has has, has acknowledge the fact that two U.S. citizens are now in detention in the United States for participating in an attempt to overthrow the the Venezuelan government. Uh, so I don't know how the White House is going to react. Um, but again, I don't think that we've heard the last of this. I think that there's going to be more more news coming out of the Goudreau uh, saga uh, or whatever it is you want to call this this mess. So tell us a little bit about the Green Beret connections then with these two Americans. Like, how the hell did they get tied into this? Apparently, the CIA told them not to do it in Jamaica, and they refused, and they're still going to go. But I've not seen actually any evidence that that really happened. And I'm, I'm pretty sure the CIA could probably stop them if they wanted to. So I don't know about that. But but who are these guys? Do we know anything yet? Yeah, so their names are... Uh, oh, jeez, I, I don't have them with... One of them is Luke, Luke Denman, and the other one is Aaron Barry. And Aaron is spelled really weird. It's, it's I think it's A-I-R-A-N, Aaron Barry. Um, and as I said, Maduro showed their passports on television last night. And he also showed a couple of their other identifications. So they were carrying, um, I think Barry was carrying a an, like an expired VA card and some other ID. And all of this um, was shown on live television yesterday. Um, the the report I think that you're referencing about the CIA trying to talk these guys out of out of not doing this uh, I think came from Jack Murphy who who wrote yes. about them yeah so he claims I'm not familiar with his work but he claims he's like no I knew I knew I had heard about these guys and I kind of knew that this was happening but I, I don't want to sort of mention their names yet because I need confirmation and then he published that short piece saying yeah these are them and. Um, and he claims that the CIA caught wind that this was happening and that it tried to talk them out of going. The only other thing that I read was Luke's mom was cited in a Fox News article that I think was published either last night or this morning saying that I she last spoke to Luke uh, a couple of weeks ago. She had no idea that he was in, going to Venezuela. She'd never heard him talk about Venezuela. And she said that she'd never heard about Goudreau until yesterday. You, you wouldn't just tell your mum, would you? Do you know what I mean? By the way, mum, don't worry, I'm going to overthrow Venezuela and I'm being paid to do it. Like, you know, I mean, that doesn't surprise me. Right. I totally agree. I mean, if anything, it's evidence that he was up to something like he was up to right. this, right? Because you're right, you wouldn't tell anybody or you wouldn't tell your mom, certainly, right? She'd get worried. Uh, but I mean, that's all I've heard about about them so far. Um, I'm going to be looking to, uh, I guess I'll be checking out more of Jack Murphy's work because he seems to be um, in the loop about this. He, he's a reliable guy, definitely. It's just, I just feel like, you know, sure, maybe the CIA did say it, but when it's like the CIA stopped, uh, like didn't stop them, 
is it one guy who was over there who is connected to the CIA? Do you know what I mean? I can't imagine that they couldn't stop them if they wanted to. Because now they've got this headache and they've got to try and get them back. Yeah. And, I, you know, the question about, you know, where do these guys come from? I, I, I think, obviously, I mean, the answer should is that they, they're from Silver Core, right? Like, these are the the kinds of people who would work in a private security company that's, you know, also started by a former U.S. Special Forces member, right? So they must be staff from Silver Core who just, you know, signed up to work for this, merc- for this company, for this private security company. And, you know, they may or may not have provided security to Trump at some events, uh, as you know, as they claim, again, according to the Associated Press piece. Um, so maybe this is just another job for them. Um, but um, I, I don't know. I think we'll be looking, you know, certainly looking more into into who they are. And, and as I said, looking to uh, people like Jack Murphy to um, to dig up more stuff about them. Why why do you think this failed so spectacularly? This this is one reason why, you know, a lot of pro Maduro supporters are obviously saying it's a U.S., uh, coup attempt and in some ways they're not wrong like it is in a way a US coup attempt but I, I personally don't think yeah. the government have tried to do this because it's just so badly done like it would be insane it would just be so unbelievably badly um, carried out from what from what it seems so I don't know why do you think it failed so miserably and it, it's so badly planned yeah it'd be one for the record books for sure in terms of like the, yeah. the worst so uh, you know I, again going by the reporting um, from Joshua Goodman in the Associated Press, I, you know, he says that they didn't find any evidence that that there was U.S. involvement in this at all. Like the government didn't know about this, that they didn't, um, you know, it, it's not, it's not, it's not like Silver Corps is acting on behalf of the CIA or whatever, right? Um, Goudreau has has and Quintero have both said that the Colombian authorities didn't know that this was happening, right? So uh, even though they were operating inside Colombia. They claim that the Colombian government didn't know about this, that they didn't help them. And in fact, Goodrow says in his interview with Patricia Paleo that he he like he had no help, like nobody was helping him. He complains a lot. He's almost like distraught at the fact that nobody stepped up to the plate when he needed it. Right. He, he didn't get any money from the opposition. Uh, um, you know, nobody was helping him out. I think I think the reason why it failed is because it was just really poorly like thought out. I think I think. Goudreau, my impression is that Goudreau just like oversold it. Like he is a, a businessman, I think, and he has this company and he wanted to get a contract for this company and he saw an opportunity to get one in Venezuela. Uh, I think he got mixed up with Alcala, who's also um, obviously, I think, a bit delusional in, in his in his goals. Uh, um, Alcala, again, as had been reported in Bloomberg, had already been setting up training camps in Colombia to, to train people. So I think when the two of them got together, they started to dream up really big things that were unrealistic. Um, and um, and they managed to get into meetings with people from the opposition. And they might have convinced them at the beginning that they could do this. Um, but then, um, the, you know, whoever they signed agreements with, including potentially Guaido himself realized that, no, hang on a second, these guys aren't toppling anybody. Um, and, and they, they withdrew whatever support they had promised them. So I think it's just, a, I think, again, it's really early and, 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 and this might end up in a, in a different direction, but from what I've read so far, I think that it's just a case of, of Alcala and Goudreau overselling, dreaming, dreaming too big, thinking that they could do this. Um, and uh, and just being like really terrible at planning it and executing it. Yeah, I think that's the most likely thing because I mean, there's a lot of people who listen and go, "Ha, popular front is you know siding with the neoliberals and blah blah." Like, fuck off, shut up. Like, basically, sometimes it's just a cigar. Do you know what I mean? And having covered war, it, it, you meet a lot of maniacs out in the conflict zone that are doing weird shit, like really weird shit like that with mercenary firms. And I've met those kind of people and they they will sell water to the river. Like it's crazy. So I, I don't know, for me, it just seems way too badly planned to be anything deeply hooked to the government. It's just, it would just be so embarrassing. But what, what do we know about the mercenary group? What's it called, Silver Corps or something? What, what do we know about them? So we're going to be writing a little bit about them in this article for Bellingcat that we're hoping to publish uh, re- really soon. Um, this, I think, goes to the to the theory that this is just a really poorly planned e- enterprise from people who aren't very good at this sort of thing. Um, Silver Core was started, um, if I remember correctly, in 2016. 
Um, and it's famous for, you know, famous, quote, like, quote-unquote famous, for a plan that Goudreau had to put armed former Special Forces soldiers in schools to prevent school shootings. So I don't know if you remember, like, a couple, I think it was maybe a year ago. I, my sense of time has just completely gone to hell with COVID and, and everything that's happened so far this year. I think it feels like about a year ago there was a story about somebody who had an idea for stopping school shootings, and it was to get guys with guns into schools uh and yeah, that was that was him yeah yeah i remember that so um you know if you go to the silver core website um it's it's a website it has a phone number there they they're kind of vague about the services they provide it's something you know, like a, i think like almost like standard private military contractor language like you know we can help you with your security needs that sort of stuff uh and they also have an instagram account that is kind of i mean it's really sort of absurd and funny in a weird way um like there's a lot of pictures of him like posing with like there's one where he's like posing with an american flag on a backpack and and there's one where they're like at a chili's or something with like a bunch of them from from silver Colorado having lunch at some restaurant or whatever and it's just like a weird there's a weird vibe there that i think is just absurd and comical and i think that it 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 indicates that this is Maybe somebody who's, again, wanted to dream big and, and create a, a, an army, like a mercenary army, uh, you know, in the style of Blackwater or the Wagner Group or something like that, right? Um, and just ended up with, with Silvercore. But the thing is, like, with Blackwater, they were good. I mean, not good. Well, they, were, they were, like, good at killing civilians or whatever, which is obviously terrible. But you know what I'm saying? Like, they were actually, like, had some kind of skill set. This guy seems to be clueless. Like, do we know anything about his background? Yeah, so what little I read about him so far is that he, again, he was in the U.S. Special Forces. He served in, in Iraq and Afghanistan, according to him. Um, and then he, he started this company. And, and I think, again, if, you know, you can imagine somebody like him, so somebody who's been in the military, who was in combat, who was a member of a Special Forces unit, uh, coming out of the army and saying, what can I do for myself now? Like, how can I make a living? You know, he might have looked at something like Blackwater and said, I want to do that. Like, I want to be, I want to be like one of those guys, right? Like, I'm going to start up. I don't want to join Blackwater because I want to run my own mercenary company. And I'm going to start one up and I'm going to call it Silver Core. And some people, as you say, are better at, <laughs> at, at doing this thing. I mean, better, again, in quotation marks, because they're terrible people, right? Uh, but some of them are more efficient or better organized or have access to more resources. And he just ended up with, like, a dollar store version of, of Blackwater. Um, I, I, think that's, I think that's what we're looking at here. Yeah, I think so. Now, there's something really weird that uh, I mentioned in, in the chat, but I should mention it on the podcast. So uh, over a year ago now... Um, there was a guy, a British guy, messaged me, and it was something unrelated, right? So he's telling me, do you remember Nick Gregor, that weird, he was like a Nazi, then he turned into like a, a Christian militant, and then he's now allegedly like, you know, a, a Islamic extremist. We're not, we're not sure what's going on with him. But anyway, this guy must have been tied up with him years ago, and I was researching the guy at one point. I kind of dropped it because it was just, just weird. I was like, eh, whatever. But this guy contacted me and eventually we get talking and he's like, oh, I've seen your docs. Uh, you should make a doc about what I'm up to. I'm like former SAS and I'm, I'm on my way to Colombia to train a, a group of, um, you know, Venezuelan rebels. And I was like, what? what? Like, you know, and it's when all that stuff was happening in Venezuela. And he mentioned that to me and I was like, OK, like, really, I could get access to film that. And he was like, yeah, 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 like they want people to film it. And I was just thinking, this guy's chatting shit. You know what I mean? And like, I asked him to send some kind of evidence or proof and it, it kind of vanished. Now this happens, I'm thinking, mate, that guy was involved. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think there were so many people involved in this and it, they're just running right now. Like, fuck, it's because it's gone so wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I totally, yeah, it sounds like this guy was there. Uh, and again, I, these were the camps but supposedly that Alcala was running that he said he was running, right? So yeah, it, it makes sense to me that he was uh, he would have been involved or you know he would have been claiming to have been involved in something like this. Um, yeah, and so now there's there's you know potentially you know dozens maybe hundreds of, of, of people who are involved in this. 
uh, in Colombia right now. Um, I don't know what they're doing, if they're trying to hide, if the Colombian authorities are looking for them. Quintero said in his interview yesterday that they had 3,000 members. Um, but it's you know it's not clear what member means uh, or or if that means that it's people exclusively outside of the country or both inside and outside of the country. Um, but um, you know what I'm interested in looking at is how like what how many more boats are there on their way to Venezuela right now? Because you know there was one and then there was the second one, and I wouldn't be surprised if there was a third one. Um, and and you know are are there are there cells if we can call them that inside the country that are going to be uh, you know, detected and arrested over the coming days. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's been a wild year. Well, he's completely let the fucking cat out the bag if that is the case, because he's on telly going, yeah, there's more coming. Like, well done. Like, he completely played his cards, like, openly. Yeah, so, yeah. So, that's another facet of this whole thing, why it's so insane, right? So, in that interview that I'm referencing um, with Quintero from yesterday, from May 4th, um, he said, so he was pressed by the interviewer, like, okay, how, you know, like, is the operation still happening? Like, what does it, what does that mean? How many people are going? And Quintero was more careful this time. He said, look, I'm, I can't tell you too much because it is ongoing. So I don't want to give the whole thing away. But what Quintero said was that I'm, 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 I am talking about it. So I am telling people that it's happening because we need people to join us. And in particular, we need soldiers in Venezuela to hear this message to to hear and to understand that there is a rebellion underway, right? That it's it's being precipitated by us, and that we need you to join. And he referenced uh, Oscar Perez from a couple years ago, and you'll remember from the Oscar Perez case that he, um, throughout his short career as a rebel leader, called on people to join him to say like, you know, yeah. look, you've all, you know, everyone's out protesting on the streets, and everybody's sick of the government, so do something about it. I'm doing something about it. If you want to join me, you can join me and we can do something about it together. And 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 he and nothing happened, right? I mean, in fact, he he died um uh, calling on people to come help him and 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 um and they didn't. And I think that left a, a um a mark on the psyche of the country and in particular the sectors of the opposition that are more militant, the people who do want to do something about uh uh the Maduro government through through violent means. And I think Quintero is trying to channel that. He's saying, like, look, you know, you remember how bad you felt when Oscar Perez died because you didn't help him? Well, now I'm asking you for your help. And that's why I'm on these YouTube videos, like doing these interviews, uh, because we need people to join us. He made that call like explicitly in his video uh, from yesterday. So that could be part of it, right? Like they, they want to release some kind of information so that word gets out that this is happening. But who knows? Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. But I do think, though, I mean, imagine if, if that was me, I'd be like, you motherfuckers all got caught on your first op. Like, no, <laughs> like I'm not doing it. You know what I mean? Talking about the people that got caught, yeah. actually, what, what do we know about the, um, you know, the Venezuelans who were captured? Because we just see all this thing about we got to get the Green Berets back. And it's like, well, all these Venezuelans have just been captured and they're going to rot in the jails now. Yeah. So um, the government has named a, 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 quite a few of them. Um, the, the most, the one who I think has gotten the most press attention and the one who's the most let's say high profile is is Adolfo Baduel who again is the son of this uh, political prisoner um, so uh, the uh, there's an organization a Venezuelan human rights organization called Provea and they've come out saying like look you know you've arrested these people uh, let's make sure that their human rights are uh, respected like don't torture them don't kill them right Standard language from a human rights organization that that works to like further the uh, the the rights of political prisoners, etc. Um, and so the government has already accused Provea of being funded by the CIA and of like helping to go along with the coup, right? So there is a, obviously a very um, a very uh, grounded concern that that these um, people are going to be tortured, potentially killed. Um, I don't know where they're being held right now. Uh, I suspect that they've been taken to. Caracas, um, but um, the, I, I don't know too much about them beyond, um, again, that one of them is the son of Ra Ra Raul Baduel. Yeah, well, what an absolute disaster that all was. 
Um, do you think there's anything else we should mention before we wrap this up, mate? Um, well, I guess if you're interested in this, keep watching. I don't know when this episode will come out, but uh, keep keep watching the news because I don't think that we've heard the last of this. Um, even if even if we stop hearing about this, even if this ends now and we don't hear about these people for 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 uh, a while or or ever again, uh, you know this this is definitely one of the larger, maybe more absurd. Um, chapters in the history of the of the of militancy, anti-government militancy in Venezuela. It's right up there with the Oscar Perez saga. Um, so whatever happens, uh, it's already left a mark in the country, in the history of the country, and and it's going to affect future developments. That ways I think in ways that we don't uh, we won't see for for a while. Um, so yeah, if you're interested in this, keep watching the news because um, it's going to keep going. Yeah, it's actually incredibly unhelpful for anyone that does genuinely want to like rise up against the, uh, you know, the the authoritarianism of Maduro. It's actually really helped the America is behind everything crew. It's just one of the dumbest fucking things I've ever seen, to be honest. It's a gift for Maduro. It's extremely counterproductive. Yeah. So you know, we could talk. We did like a whole different episode that we could talk about, like the internal politics of the opposition. Uh, of the anti-government movement because there are those who 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 say like no we need to do this ourselves and the more that the u.s is involved the worse that it will be in the short and in the medium and the long term right uh and then there's other people who are very militant who say no like let's get like if we could get navy seals to parachute into caracas and assassinate maduro like that we should do that like we should be working towards that so that's definitely a, a debate that's happening in in, in Venezuela right now, um, and I, I agree. I don't think that this helps at all, um, and uh, and it doesn't instill confidence in 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 I think anybody who who might be watching, any soldier in the Venezuelan army who might be watching and saying, I want to do something. I I don't know. I don't think that I would want to join this crew, this particular crew. Yeah, man. All right. Well, thank you very much, mate. That's been brilliant. Yeah, thanks, Jake. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Cool, man. Tell people where they can find you and uh, follow your work on this. Yeah, so we're writing an article on this if you're more interested in hearing about it at Bellingcat, um, which is where I work. I'm an investigator and a trainer there. So my Twitter is at Gian Fiorella, or if you just go to Bellingcat and go to the, the staff section, you'll you'll find me there. Uh, but again, if you want to hear more about this, read a little bit more, um, there'll be an article on Bellingcat about this uh, in the next little bit. Right, and you're funded by Soros, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Bill Gates now, he's giving us that vaccine, the COVID vaccine money as well. Right, right. Okay. Thank you, mate. Speak soon. Thanks, Jake. That was Giancarlo Fiorella speaking about the absolute mess that was that uh, U.S. mercenary. Uh, I guess raid into Venezuela what an absolute mess and you know as funny as it is that they completely fucked this up but it's actually not funny like I shouldn't laugh because there's all these you know young men are now like wayward and have ended up in prison um, and you know the, the Venezuelans certainly that have ended up uh, under the Maduro government will probably die you know what I mean it's, it's happened before um, there was a guy recently died um he was basically just beaten so many times that he just died in the prison. So, yeah, it's a bad issue. Bad situation. Um, but, yeah, if you uh, want to support Popular Front, please go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash popular front. You can subscribe there. You get bonus episodes, access to the community Discord, um, narrated articles, uh, episodes are released um ahead of time so there's like next week's release is already on the patreon right now you know what i mean so yeah patreon.com slash popular front that keeps us going keeps us funded without any stupidness of corporate nonsense and all of that uh, also you can buy our merchandise go to popularfront.shop that supports us and keeps you looking cool we've got good designs there it's no teespring bullshit it's all proper like high quality stuff there um, also, if you don't like any of that, you can go to popularfront.co slash support. There's the option to uh, donate or support with Bitcoin, all of that there. So, yeah. This episode was sponsored by the defensepost.com, defense with an S. Go there for regular updates on the world in conflict. Uh, also sponsored by Oracle Coffee Shop in Portland, Oregon, USA. They're an independent coffee shop selling only fair trade products. 
uh, when the lockdown is over, they will be opening up again. So go see them at 3875 Southwest Bond Avenue, 97239, uh, and tell them Popular Front sent you, good friends of ours. Episode is also sponsored by Black Triangle, an independent company manufacturing their own low-key self-defense tools. Check them out on Instagram at Black Triangle Group or their website, blktriangle.com. Tell them Popular Front sent you. Um, thank you very much to Black Triangle. They donated some of their self-defense tools for the uh, raffle, like I mentioned at the start. Uh, and again, yeah, thanks everybody that took part in that. You know, it's been great to have raised that money and then just, you know, bam, fling it off, donate it to the homeless charities. It's good. I think it's a good cause, definitely. So thanks very much. We will be uh, announcing the winners uh, probably in the next 10 days. Um, I'm going to do it live and, you know, pick the name out of the hat and whatever. What I think I'm going to do as well, I'll probably do two runner-ups as well and give them like a popular front flag because um, we've got some of them printed. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, this episode is also sponsored by Feng Ting's uh, custom Bao Feng radios. Uh, our mate Calumi does designs on them. He'll put a new antenna on, a big big battery for you, all sorted. Uh, he gives you you know tips on how to program it, all sorts of stuff. Go to instagramcom Tings, T-I-N-G-Z. So it's with a Z. So F-E-N-G dot T-I-N-G-Z. Yeah, Feng Ting's. Check them out. Tell them uh, Popular Front sent you. Um, Follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Jake underscore Hanrahan, H-A-N-R-A-H-A-N, or at Popular Front CO. The website, popularfront.co, that's everything is there. Um, basically a portal to all of this stuff I'm saying at the end that probably nobody listens to. Uh, go there. Uh, follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash popular.front. You have to type the whole thing in because we're still fucking shadow banned. Uh, subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com slash popularfront. Or you can go to popularfront.tv. That will take you there as well. Fucking URLs coming up my ears. Um, yeah, I think that's everything. Yeah. So uh, anyway, yeah. Support us at patreon.com slash popularfront. Thank you to Adam Bergsnyder, Amy Rupert, Andrew Hurley, Anthony Kabarak, Axel Iverson, Azad, Bill Wilson, Brian McLaughlin, Trey Nance, Chad Walker, Charlie, Chris, Christina Rivetti, Christopher Martin, DR, Dan Dunham, Daniel Shearer, Degenerate Zero Alpha, Diana Gorvanek, Don Wayne, Emiliano, Emily Molly, Fletcher Tate, Fragile Feeling, Frank Austin, James from the Discord, Joanne Stocker, Josh, Jungle King Virapan, Lawrence Abrahams, Liam Williams, Louis Nicastro, or Lewis, sorry, I don't know, let me know. Uh, Moritz Zumwall, Nobody, Ari, Olin Thorne, Patrick Bronte, Peter McCormick from uh, What Bitcoin Did and Defiance Podcast, Cubal, Rubicon, Ryan Sandercock, Scartoon Music, Sebastian from the Discord, Sarushe Hawazi, Stephen Davila, Tony Bin, and Vida Provost. Thank you all very much. Keeping this afloat. Thank you. Like I said, you want to support us, you want to subscribe and get the bonus episodes. Patreon.com/slash Popular Front. Music in this episode. The intro, as always, was by Home, and the outro was by Sam Black, alias Son of Old. Listen to his music at SamBlackPF.com.